0: Top Shelf Fantasy. All right, Shelfies. Podcast number 208. August 17th, 2022. NFC West preview coming at you. This is the last division we're going to go over. So if you've listened to all of these, thank you for sticking with us. I mean, it's, it's... a lot to go over but it's a lot of it's it's important stuff like we we have to go over these things then we'll get to our breakout sleepers mod drafts draft results rankings the fun stuff i mean the season's here it's it, it's a few weeks away there's two more preseason games left and then we're right we're right there so this is a very exciting uh, time for all of us um of course go to the uh, website topshotfantasy.com Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Top Shelf FNTSY. Again, if you want to have a chance of being in the Listener League, sign up on our site. Just do login, register. You can probably sign in with your Google account. Boom. Enter to to be in the league to win a signed Kenneth Walker and a signed Ricky Williams jersey, as well as, you know, Top Shelf beer glasses, Top Shelf swag. We give you a gift card to buy whatever the hell you want. You can get the Watt pack. You can get a towel, you can get sweatpants for your girl. Boom. Like, e- everyone wins. So sign up for the site. You're, you're automatically a winner. All right, and that's the podcast. I'm yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> All right, good to see you guys. Yep. Yeah. Um, But we went over the news in our last podcast. We're kind of doing back-to-back podcasts tonight. So we're going to get into some training camp rumors and hype. We're not going to go over the preseason games. That would be kind of a little too long you guys saw them it's also preseason so we'll we'll do the the main news though so Drew Locke is practicing as the team starter which is great you know he's finally going to be the guy he's going to start in the preseason game th- this week but wait he tests positive for COVID. <laughs> you literally can't make that up it sounds like they they had lock as not locked in no pun intended actually pun very intended there but Locke was supposed to be the qb1 and it, uh, also was reporting that he was going to take over Geno Smith there. Now it's COVID, now Geno Smith's going to start. Geno Smith has even a half-decent game. We're about, right back into a QB competition again.
1: Yeah, it's it's just another classic Drew Locke misstep in his career. Right, He opens the door for himself with a good performance in a preseason game. He's looked good in practice. He's going to get the start. They're going to give him a shot. Boom, COVID. And I don't want to blame him for that. I mean, it's far, probably far out of his control. But uh, if you're a Drew Locke owner, you're sitting there like, dude, you had a chance to seize this opportunity. And instead, you're 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 giving it right back to Gino. And now Gino could take this opportunity, piss right down his leg, like he has his whole career, and continue to look like garbage. And maybe he could even win the job for Drew Locke without Drew ever setting foot on the field. It's a very realistic world where that does happen, but you would just love to see Drew go out, look good in a preseason game, get a little bit of a rapport going with TK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Noah Fan, who we should already know pretty well, Rashad Penny, who else is going to run the ball and just get on the same page because whether it's your job or it's not your job and the team doesn't know and you don't know to have a rapport with these guys with first team reps is what the preseason is all about. I mean, you can't expect to be named the starter right before week one and go into week one and have any shot at success. If you haven't practiced together for four weeks, like the rest of the league has. So um just unfortunate, you know, unfortunate for a guy who should have had an opportunity to really, really seize a job.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also Gino Smith has been there. So he knows the offense, boom, like, all right, he does fine. Why not start with Gino? We're going to suck anyways. Like, right.
1: and yeah. And it, it opens the door for that very, reasonable conversation for Pete Carroll to have and just go, well, it's 50 50 and Gino knows more plays.
0: Yeah, we so, know what we have with Gino. It still yep. sucks, but we know we know what it's going to be. We're not going to be surprised when we lose. Right. But I mean, Drew Locke, I'm not saying he has all the talent in the world. It's it's raw. It's it's very raw. He has arm strength, but he's just he's a head case. Not accurate, but uh, hopefully gets, you know, uh, out of the code protocol soon and uh, gets laced back up. Uh, Antonio Gibson uh, seen working with the special teams today at practice. So um a, a, a little teaser. He is my bust. I want to put this out here. I, I wrote this well before any of this, even the preseason game last week. So Antonio Gibson ran four times, I think, for two total yards, and he lost a fumble. And his whole his rookie year, sophomore year, his last two seasons, he has six total loss fumbles. He's, I think he's put 10 on the ground. He's lost six. That's eye-opening to, like, good for the team to keep on giving the guy chances, but I was never sold on him in the offense, um, especially with J.D. McKissick back there, them signing Brian Robinson. I'll probably talk about this when I talk about the bus article, but he was benched for Brian Robinson last preseason game when he fumbled. Preseason game, not a good sign he's and then he was working with the second team in in practice last week. He's working with the punt unit now. That <laughs> like I usually think like when someone's working with the second team it's concerning but it's kind of like all right it's preseason maybe they want to get robinson some you know work with the first just in case. But when you're with the punt team like you that's very concerning to me. That that should never happen.
1: Yeah, so I didn't think much of it in the preseason game itself. I said, "All right, yeah, they pulled them, whatever. They wanted to get some run out of somebody else. No big deal, not a big deal." Then the story start coming out, "Okay, well, he's practicing with the second team." I said, "Okay, well, you know, they're just they're seeing what they've got, blah blah blah." Like you just said, "Yeah, pun team is concerning. If you are a bona fide starter, which is what people are pitching, you know, Antonio Gibson is, and you're practicing with Special teamers. I mean, you're, you're. It just doesn't happen. That's that is a coach taking an unnecessary risk on a on a starter on their team, taking reps that they should, should never take in a in a real game. So that is all cause for concern. And and quite honestly, it's not really surprising to me. I mean, he's not. He is. He's been a good running back fantasy wise. I think he's been RB12 both seasons. Uh, he's been in the league so far, which is fine. But it's right on brand for the commanders to be saying, okay, sure. You're fine, but you're costing us possessions. Like you said, with all the fumbles, we've got a guy that we just drafted in Brian Robinson, who we think is good. They even had Jared Patterson last year who looked more than fine in a, in a lot of work. Um, And then, like you said, JD McKissick does, does the pass catching. So if Antonio Gibson is nearing the end of his rookie contract, which I mean, he's, he's every single day, he's getting closer to it. There's no reason not to start searching for the next guy up, especially when you factor in how much uh, he's dealt with injuries over the last couple of years. I mean, from uh, shin splints and, and, and various other maladies. So no reason the commanders as a, as a football franchise shouldn't be looking for the next man up. And if, (laughs) I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around seeing him with special teamers because I still think he has some value as, a running back, even a wide receiver, which he played in college. I think we talked about that. For earlier sure. Too. Yeah. But if they just say the guy can't hold on to the ball, I mean, we'll see some Tiki Barber style, uh, get the fuck out of town kind of attitude towards him.
0: NFL is a fast paced game. You, in, you're running back. You're is in and, and out fast. Of them all. Yep. If, um, if you can't, if you fumble once, they're just cracking a high noon that, that, that could be it. Um, and then Demian Pierce is turning heads in preseason. Um, he had the highest RB, uh, what is it called? Score. Oh God, I'm blanking.
1: Like PFF grade. Yeah.
0: Um. For yeah. Sorry. For week one in the preseason or their first game. So um. He crushed it. He's doing great in camp. Um. I like this because he's a. I own him in a lot of dynasty leagues. <laughs> but he's a guy I was trying to get late in drafts. His ADP is going to skyrocket. Where it might even get to like the RB twenties range because you know it's it's a hot rookie and Marlon Mack is coming off of an injury, but I mean it's good for him. It's good for the Texans that they're getting this you know this rookie that that is built like a running back, like he he has the frame for it, he has the speed for it. But if he's going as a as a RB two high flex, <laughs> yeah, no. it, it, it's I mean because it still could be. Marlon Mack, Pierce, split backfield, and Rex Burkhead it never goes away. So um, good for him is he's doing great, but um, I'd be hesitant to you know reach for him in drafts this coming weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you're dead on. And this is another example of the overreactionary um, mentality when it comes to camp hype and preseason hype, and especially for rookies. I mean, maybe you hear with a veteran, like, oh, he's having – really good camp i I might i might put more stock in it than a rookie who we've never seen before but i think what lends a lot of credence to this hype is that there's not a lot of other talent in houston at the running back position that is a threat to stop him marlon Mack sure has upside but we haven't seen him play huge reps since the achilles rex burkhead has upside but he's on the back end of his career wouldn't you rather play the young guy anyway so while it's probably real, I don't doubt that beat reporters coming out of Houston are, I don't i don't believe them to be liars. I just think they're saying, he looks good, keep an eye on him, and it's kind of getting blown out of proportion. But like you said, no matter whether it's true, false, or somewhere in between, his ADP is going to rise. He's going to go earlier. Yep. It, people will never fully ignore the camp hype, no matter how many times you caution them, no matter how many, even myself, no matter how much I'm aware of it, There's some sort of intrinsic value to hearing that a guy's doing well and wanting to be the one that hits on him. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be one to reach on him, like you said. If he goes wide receiver twenty range, somebody else can have him. That's 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 their problem or their reward. If he hung around till wide receiver forty, yeah, he'll be on my team. (laughs)
0: Yeah, sorry, I said wide.
1: I've been running. Yeah, yeah, running back.
0: So I have him in, I think, three dynasty leagues. And of course, the last week I got in trades for him. Yep. Like, you know, you're trying to, you're trading for him at, at his peak value. And I'm getting like trades like he's a, like a four string running back. Hey, I'll, I'll give you two fourths. Like, yeah, I drive this guy still in the first round. If I draft him in the late first, now it's worth the mid first. Like, do right. the math. Like, like his, don't, his, his value don't is not. Send gonna, me you shit know what offers. I'm going to
1: put in my next friggin' article? Yeah. is Don't be a scumbag trader. And then it, when I when I kindly reject you and say, oh, no, man, sorry, I think he's worth more than that. Don't try to convince me that you're taking him off my hands because you're such yeah. a nice guy. Dude, I'm
0: doing you a favor. It's like, oh, you know what? I guess you are. OK, bro. bro he's <laughs> not
1: even good. Oh, it's weird because you sent me a trade for him. So I figured, yeah, it's like, well, I dropped
0: him. this guy as like a six RB in the team that now, now it could be a flex. Yeah, I'm not no, I'm not going to hurt the guy.
1: Yeah, I'm still getting offers for a third rounder from Michael Carter. I'm like, yeah, I understand they took Brees Hall, but I drafted him 106 <laughs> a year ago, or 109 a year ago. Do you
0: see who's going in the third round in a rookie draft? <laughs> it's
1: right. pretty fucking bad. Uh, uh, Alright, want to get into uh, the NFC West here?
0: Yeah, and I'll let you start with this. This is actually Dow's... No, it's actually wasn't here, so I'll see you later. I can
1: see how you would make such a mistake.
0: Um, Dow's put this together. Um... Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I I don't don't want
1: to, I don't want to be blamed for any of the mistakes. So let's just ignore that altogether. Um, but no, let's start off with the Seattle Seahawks. So they went seven and 10 last year after a 12 and four record, the previous season, most of that can be, uh, direct correlation to the Russell Wilson injury. He broke his finger, missed some time, struggled when he came back. He definitely came back too soon, which was, I think to be a mistake, but you love to see the competitiveness out of the guy, um, in his, absence geno smith stepped in and played i would say miserably poorly um but he did when i'm looking at his stats he was a 68 completion percentage on 65 of 95 for 700 yards and five touchdowns with only one pick they ran so, the ball a lot <laughs> yeah uh, i'm looking at it and i'm going okay well i guess it makes a lot more sense when i'm seeing that they were 11th place in rushing yards last year when i didn't really think they ran the ball that much so well um
0: a lot of it that. comes from the the rashad Penny end of the season, like you go from Russell Wilson 222 passing yards a game to Geno Smith 175. That's that's yeah. a massive decrease, and then a right. huge bump for Rashad Penny.
1: And then you saw, you know, in in turn, both receivers fell off an edge or fell off a cliff when it came to DK Metcalf oh, and Tyler you Lockett could, as soon as Geno. They weren't even you couldn't start goals. them, right? It's, Which is a, a, a terrible thing based on where you drafted them and what you had hoped for their season. So. Um, but yeah, like you said before, let's get back to it. Rashad Penny came out of absolute nowhere. Um, uh, he has not been a friend of the program. TSF has given him a hard time year over year. And I think we're right back on that train. I think unanimously, we don't think he's going to repeat that performance. And the rumors have already started to come out that, uh, Kenneth Walker is going to take over Ken Walker he wants to go by Ken now. Is that, I'm going to keep calling with Kenneth. Yeah. Ken now. It's like, do you been in leave for a week? Yeah. He's been he's, he's <laughs> so down for, for always, but, uh, yeah, yeah Rashad Penny takes, off at the end of the year, 119 attempts for 749 yards, six touchdowns. That's six, almost six and a half yards of carry. So, uh, he had the year of his career. We've been waiting for it. Dickie, he's been trying to call it for 500 years. If you've listened to any of the uh, the draft weekend podcasts, you've heard of Dickie and you've heard from Dickie. So, uh, everybody reach out to him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, what did you call him? The <laughs> yeah. Mistaken <and> Dike. <laughs> yes, The Mistaken Dike. Yeah, I reach out to him and tell him congratulations. You finally hit, hit on one. But um, the other guy I want to talk about is Alex Collins. I mean, he had a lot of work last year, over hundred carries, but only four hundred eleven yards on three point eight one yards per carry. I mean, that's probably the reason we're not hearing about him right now. So that's not the efficiency that we had hoped to see out of him. I mean, I I sna- I stashed him stashed him rather in a very late round in a draft the previous season and thought that you know I was I was kind of getting away with the steal and never really never ended up mattering. I did end up trading him for, Oh, actually for Kendrick Bourne, I think. So that kind of did work out. But the point is for the Seahawks was not the running back that they had seen the, at the end of two seasons ago when he kind of took off and, and looked like he was really ready for a career resurgence. So um, I think that's why you're seeing they drafted Kenneth Walker. You still hear about these DJ Dallas, Travis Homer rumors as guys who could easily break into the backfield as some sort of ancillary piece. So, um i don't know if you have a different take on that scott well, i mean the retirement of chris carson's right. So, so
0: the biggest thing is the retirement of chris carson i think the seahawks knew there was a probably 80 percent chance he was never going to play again so like like most of us what do they do they, they they re-sign rashad penny they draft kenneth walker chris carson then retires but i mean chris carson was the back there for a couple of reasons like like even last year four games 232 yards 4.3 yards per carry three touchdowns
1: I mean that's a fine I, and, that's a fine season that's 200 carries for almost a thousand yards and yeah, twelve touchdowns which is
0: <laughs> yeah which is his pace like he's he's a very safe pace per game every single year but after he left like you said Alex Collins got some work didn't do much Rashad Penny came in late other than that like like the team was just in in disarray since the Carson injury then soon after that was was the Russell Wilson injury but one of the biggest pieces here for for the running backs in Seattle like you see Rashad Penny Alice Collins combined for 18 targets Chris Carson had six targets last year they're, they've they never really had a pass catching running back sure DJ Dallas Homer they're the pass catching backs they want that, that that actual like third down back that can you know Kenneth Walker. I know he didn't catch the ball a lot in college, but either did Jonathan Taylor. They didn't have to. That wasn't their offense. So you can't assume right away, oh, they fucking suck at it. Like, you, like, there was a, oh, JT can't catch the ball because he didn't do it in college. Well, come to find out he's very good at at, at catching the ball. Yeah. So Kenneth I do Walker. I think it,
1: it could also be a limitation of their offense. Um, they just kind of haven't ever done it. You know what I mean? I mean, even when you go back, they had Shady right. on the team, Marshawn, like these guys that went on to different teams and caught the ball just fine, just didn't do it for Seattle. Yeah. So it's just problematic from that sort of that that sort of direction when you look at it that way. You're like, well, okay. Well, is it the player? Is it the system? Is it the coaches? Is it the quarterback? You know, and maybe you can extrapolate it that way and say, well, maybe Russell Wilson doesn't like the third of their running back. Should I be worried about uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Maybe Russell Wilson
0: doesn't really throw it inside, or or like 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 we said with like, I mean, I guess we'll come out with a tight end now. Um, No offense. Hmm. We saw Gerald Everett there last year, and I like Gerald Everett a lot this year in his new situation. With the Chargers but Russell Wilson doesn't really make tight ends fantasy relevant he just doesn't throw inside he like no. he like w- which is might be the best bet for him not to do so he throws on the outside a lot which is why Tyler Lockett DK been two top tier receivers for so so many years but they just he just doesn't throw inside which is a lot of the routes for the tight ends maybe that's also reason why the running backs aren't getting that m- many targets.
1: I think we might have just cracked the code here. on The old so Evox.
0: so Javante and Melvin Gordon are gonna suck this year in Denver.
1: Dude, that, you know what? <laughs> They're bombs. Everybody should trade him to me for fucking yep. nothing. So, well, like, let's see. Honestly, Wilson came in the league in 2012, and since then, what he had a couple big games out of Will Disley and Jimmy I would say Graham. One or two, yeah, one, and well, one or two as well.
0: But that's <laughs> that was key. off of a. Yeah, He's coming off a Jimmy's tight end one year Saints. with with the pack. With, sorry, the Saints. Yes getting traded for was it a congo or yeah. um okong at the time yep. um yeah he goes wow. there pretty sure he's probably a top seven tight end but this is a guy that was you know 1200 yards six plus touchdowns a year and it's just not in seattle and, and again is it russell is it the coach is it this like right p yeah, carroll's yeah, been there for so long like
1: it's p carroll just an old school uh coach they want to run the ball and, a lot yep, they want to the run the ball, or, run, the ball or, run the ball run the ball which
0: is good. But you're limiting Russ what Russell Wilson can actually do.
1: Damn! Now I'm worried about my Albert O. picks. I know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. All right, goodness
0: so goodness. we kind of went ar- around there. I think we can kind of Noah Fant. Are you drafting him before we get to the wide receivers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would. Um, late, like late round, late, with like yeah, if he's a guy like the Cole we Komets about and the stuff. Approach of of not taking a tight end, um, you start to see those. Yeah, Cole Comet type hunter henry's even come off a board i'll take a i'll take a shot on Noah if he's hanging out there i still think there are the people out there in the world who are drafting him higher than that um
0: and yeah, i just i, I, I refuse to there.
1: spend up on on Noah Fan. like i think you see a, a real drastic tier break after you're like tj hawkinson type player um and i think you see a, a, a very stark dip and i think then you start talking about hunter henry uh no Fan etc. And and I shouldn't say it's like it's a super pronounced dip because in the tight end world that's probably 20 points but right. there's a definite <laughs> drop off in, in talent and in, in situation.
0: Yep. Um, and then running backs quick of course it's Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker who you want to own. I want to own Kenneth Walker more but I think you're going to be surprised and I think if Rashad Penny is healthy enough to start the season with Kenneth Walker it could be a freaking headache.
1: It's gonna be a headache. I mean, yeah, I can. Almost, and I this, can this is one of the
0: worst lines that. in the entire league. So it, right. it's could it could be horrific.
1: I mean, I do love they added Charles Cross. I think that's a huge plus for yep. them um, as the offensive lineman uh, early early pick in the draft. I think that's a, a great addition. But one offensive lineman does not an O line make. So they've got some work to do if they're going to be an, an actual run first or you know run the ball and then do play action off bit of type of team. So. um I still think I'm buying Kenneth Walker probably not before Rashad Penny. I'll let somebody else take Penny first because they will. I just don't want Penny. Uh, once I see him go, I'd be quick to pull the trigger on Walker thereafter. Because first of all, I don't want that guy to have his own handcuffs. Second of all, um, I'm happy to stash Walker
0: what in what I assume
1: out. to be the sixth, seventh, eighth round.
0: Yep, um, Seattle's actually the the – Thirty-second ranked offensive line in the league.
1: Wonderful, that makes sense. Um, also, we can't forget J.J. <laughs> Arthego Whiteside was just traded there today.
0: Oh, right. Um, we should probably spend time on that. And then <laughs> wide receivers. I'm actually,
1: I was gonna say it's more interested in the Marquis Goodwin edition. Um, I think he has a dynamic slot presence for them uh, alongside the two that are draftable: DK and Tyler Lock. Right.
0: So, I mean, if you're owners of Lockett and DK, I think you want Drew Lock as a starter, just because yes. he's got the arm. Um, and we've seen what Geno Smith does with them. He makes them not startable in fantasy. So right. they both take a massive, massive step down. Uh, Lockett more than Metcalf. I think Lockett's going in like the wide receiver 40 range. Like he's dropping to like the double. Did- I think in your draft he went like round ten or eleven yeah. or something, Just crazy. I, would, I was gonna like, say honestly, that's even I, too
1: late. <laughs> that's too late, but I do firmly believe you're tail you're talking about DK and Lockett going from wide receiver. One and two, not overall, but wide receiver ones and wide receivers two, to really the three four range, maybe later, like three four or four yeah. five. And I if would DK not hits
0: at a as a wide receiver two, lock. It's gonna
1: have to be the wide receiver six, like yeah, I range because they're not gonna be able. We've seen to... Locke try to support Sutton and Judy and Tim Patrick and and these other guys, and that wasn't he fun. just hasn't even gotten close. With so...
0: a worst line and a worse defense, at, at least they'll have to throw more.
1: But it yeah. might been, Yeah, it's it's very very troubling. Um, I would not want to be in the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett business right now, just because I think you're really looking at at a massive drop off, especially from what you may have grown accustomed to seeing out of them.
0: Right. I I just had a draft a couple nights
1: ago. Did
0: like a big money draft with uh, my buddy Kyle, and we have DK as our fourth receiver so he's a bench guy which is fine like that's a fantastic bench guy if it pans out great if not okay cool it's, he's a bye week guy
1: and I'm a little it. offended
0: that you SOBs are doing big money leagues without me eh, whatever sorry <laughs> 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 well he uh he is okay like, hey, do you want to do like a big money league I'm like split it for 500 bucks yeah sure screw it you win so it's a good chunk jealous. of change
1: sorry so freaking jealous
0: hey there's still time um <laughs> All right, yeah, no. I mean, next yeah, teams? You're, you're dead
1: on right. Yeah, we'll head on over to the uh, the Niners. I think is the next worst record. In good, a, this is a good division. It's <laughs> a very competitive division. I think we see more of the same this year as well. But uh, the Niners come in at ten and seven after a six and ten season this uh, the year before. They improved uh, almost across the board. I mean, more points scored. Um, they stayed even with passing yards, but they increased exponentially in in rushing yards, which is kind of Surprising considering how many injuries they suffered through, but really it all boiled down to Elijah Mitchell showing up and going for 200 rush attempts and just shy of, just barely shy of a thousand yards. in 11 games. (laughs) Yeah. He, he put up numbers that you typically don't see out of a rookie that was drafted in what the fifth round,
0: fifth or sixth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Elijah Mitchell, maybe the best example of a league winner last year. Tom got him for free somehow in our league. I'm so salty about it. Um, oh, that was the guy, was, huh? It is the waiver. Issue. Read your rules. None of, yeah, none of us knew the rules. Tom Read claims them. he told us, but whatever. It uh, doesn't matter. Jimmy Garoppolo is the important one to take note of here. He is gone. This is Trey Lance's team. Trey Lance, however, doesn't look great.
0: He. So I rewatched, not the whole game, of course, but his plays. He struggled to to begin the game, but like he like he 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 had a perfect quarterback rating. I think that one long bomb helped him. It's yeah. easy when you play like one or two series, but um, I mean it's promising. He he. Of course, we know he has the arm strength, but he got it there. Like yeah. he, he might miss f- three in a row, but if he hits one out of four, right, it could be. Well, a huge we were difference. worried
1: about those reports. Earlier in the year, um, coming out of camp, saying that he was suffering with dead arm or whatever it was. So to see him make a deep throw accurately, yep. strong arm, good strength, comforting. We like to see that. I'm more concerned about the reports repeatedly coming out of camp that say he's inaccurate and yada yada yada. But maybe he's just not a practice squad hero. Maybe he's not, you know, your gym class hero. He gets out on the game and in game time he balls out and maybe his compete level gets up and he dials in and gets a little better. Yeah, he's that's exactly like it. In camp last year, he yeah, was like, "You don't Ew, gross. show up like a yeah. You don't you don't show up looking like a stud. And you're not that polished. You definitely need. I think we all agree Trey Lance is still a project. He still needs work. But if he goes out and puts it on the field, then what does anybody care? I mean,
0: and plus we haven't seen Debo Samian plays. He's probably not going to play in the preseason all. Or Elijah Mitchell. So mm-hmm. he's do like you get Debo on the field, the entire offense change. You don't have to freaking pass it. 60 yard bomb, you could pass it for two yards and Debo will go oh, for yeah. 60 yards. Like yep. that change that changed the entire the entire
1: offense there. Yeah, and that leads us into the next position group. I mean, Debo Samuel, easily far and away, the first guy you want off of the Niner roster. Um, probably closely followed by Elijah Mitchell. Then, I mean, depending on how you view quarterbacks, Trey Lance, I, I'd be looking at as like a late round pick. I'd I'd, I'd take him if he was there hanging out. But with his legs, you assume he could trend upwards into that Jalen Hurts-type player. Um, so it kind of just depends on your comfort level with quarterbacks and if you want to take that risk. But the guy I wanted to talk about when I started this whole train of thought here is Brandon Ayuk. What do you feel like he gives you this year? I mean, last year, let's just look at his stat line. He ran the ball a handful of times. He's no Debo, but then he had 84 targets for 56 catches and 826 yards. Nope, am I wrong? Yeah, eight hundred twenty-six no, no, yards. Right. So, um, you'd like to see him increase that catch percentage, but I think eighty-four targets is promising, and so is just shy of a thousand yards.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and this is a guy that was in the doghouse the first part of the season. It's like he, I think he, he was the benched. No, he wasn't benched. He played, so everyone started him in fantasy, but he didn't get a target, or like mm. like any snap. So, um, he was in the doghouse. Our reports are saying he's crushing it in camp. It's probably helping that Debo Samuel is really not doing much or playing much in camp or preseason. But if Ayuk is getting connections with Trey Lance this early and he's looking that good, that's massive. I mean, we see it all the time. Like you, you get this backup quarterback from a season ago playing with you know the wide receiver two in practice, boom, come year two, that could be your favorite target. So I, I, I'm in on Ayuk. I don't know his ADP. Um, I, I would take him easy as a b- bench dash. I mean, I failed at my breakout last year with him uh, big time. But, I mean, he's a first-round pick. Like, they they hit more than not. And, I mean, like you said, a hitter in 26 yards. You want that up more. But 84 targets, that's fine. And, you know, he he's a debo S kind of guy, too. So, you, you can see him kind of do the same roles. I'm not comparing to Debo at all. Debo's an animal by himself, but I mean, I'm I'll take him if, if he's there around eight. Yeah, the I'm the guessing, only is, uh, is that it. Eight, yeah, I, I would
1: guess right around there. But like, the only limiting factor for IU is Trey Lance. Like, does Trey decide to run the ball Absolutely. close to hundred times to take that? You know, take those uh, pass attempts right off the board. You know, they don't reallocate the vacated targets which they have i mean not that many up to begin with at 49 so um that's what that's that's what causes me concern but if i you can trend even closer to 100 targets and bring that catch percentage up a bit and maybe get in that 80 catch range there's no reason to think he doesn't go for a thousand yards with what he can do yard after catch wise and you know you're going for a thousand yards with big yak yardage you're probably grabbing a few extra touchdowns too so I think he continues to be one of those players with a lot of upside. Um, so Tully, if you're listening to this, I'm still trying to trade you for him. But his, seal, or sorry, his floor is dastardly low. Well, because like, one bad game, he could be right back in that doghouse. And that's what worries me.
0: Right. And not even that. Like like you're saying yard after catch. If you want Debo to hit, if you want I to hit, and then we'll talk about Kittle after that, you need yards up to catch like, especially in the trade Lance offense. He can't just go down for bombs the entire time. Right. Like you have to have yards to catch and, and, and he could be fun for the offense, but he could go 56 for a 26 again. And five, like, like I can totally see that not a horrible floor, but definitely not startable fantasy option. Right. So, I mean, like the, the skill levels there, it's up to Trey Lance, George Kittle. Is he still still a top three tight end for you in fantasy?
1: Top three? No. He had a great season for 14 games. Yeah, for 14 games he really did. Um the problem is. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation, right? Like I I won't sit there and say like I'm adamantly against you drafting him third. But we know the top two are Andrews and Kelsey. I don't think there, anybody's going to fight you on that. And then you start talking about Waller. Um, kind hits. of hits, I guess. And then Kittle. For me, I'm going Waller. I still want Waller, even though we saw him kind of struggle a little bit last year. He wasn't the elite guy that we, we, we've grown so accustomed to. I just think you bring in a Devontae Adams, and even though he commands so many targets, Waller has that upside still to to get open, to find the end zone, to make a lot of yards after catches, mismatches with linebacker safeties, all this stuff. And all of that's still true for Kittle. And I I know I always make the point that an inexperienced quarterback is going to find his tight end more often. I just think with the way that the Niners' offense is set up, Kittle is going to spend so much more time blocking this year. And he's not going to be the first option. I, I Jimmy G loved him. Jimmy G loved Kittle. I don't know that Trey Lance has that same rapport with him. Maybe he does. I I really don't know. But I just think you're going to see a little bit of a downtick in the amount that he's used, not only in pecking order, because Trey Lance is going to get it to Debo and Ayuk a little bit more, but also in potential game plan shift by the, the, the coaching staff to say, listen, Kittle is electric. If we're going to make playoffs and make a run, we need him healthy. There's no reason to burn him out in the regular season to then not have him when it all matters in the playoffs. So I think you're going to see some uh, load management kind of uh, approach there as well. So this whole whirlwind of, of external factors that really don't impact how I view Kittle as a player are going to impact his stats at the end of the day, which is unfortunate, but... I think it's the world that we live in when it comes to um assessing somebody's fantasy upside.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I have him written as my tight end four now, so it's not like a huge dip. Like you could I can push him at three or two, but with Lance being a mobile quarterback and George Kittle being as, you know, a Gronk-esque type of blocker, they're gonna need to block way more than and he's he's blocking a lot as it is. If Hertz is doing sweeps on the outside as a as a quarterback sneak. Who's blocking on the the outside every time is George Kittle. Right, like he's, he's gonna on have to block a lot more. So, and uh, he's great
1: at it and he loves to do it. So and
0: the, well, and that's why he's he's on the field all the time. But like, he's yeah. one of the best the best pass blocking tight ends we've seen in the last twenty years. So, um, I sold. I, he's gonna dip a bit, I think. Um, but I think he'd be a great um, not steal, but you know he's not gonna go in the first two rounds like he did the last two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think people still see his value. He's not falling way down boards. It just becomes the question of are you comfortable taking him? And and for me, I would much rather be in the camp of even potentially reaching on Andrews, Kelsey or waiting for whoever comes after. So I'm almost that's really my tear break, right? Is waiting mm-hmm. till somebody else takes Kittle and then I'll start thinking about the next tier. And I yep. probably am still not biting on most of these guys, but that that's kind of how I do it. I don't necessarily try to set theoretical tier breaks. I wait until somebody makes my break for me.
0: Yep. That's fair. Uh, and then the running backs, um, of course, Elijah Mitchell. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He likely won't play in the preseason. Um, but Trey Sermon's there, who was the higher pick last year. He's looked yoked. Um, but if you saw the pre- preseason game, Greg, sorry if you're hearing this, but it was really, really bad. So good news yeah. for Mitchell was everyone that played in that preseason game didn't do anything to to help them at all. Like they were all just very piss poor. They lost <laughs> yard all the time. I'm like, oh, it's sweet. So no concern there for me. I think Mitchell's the guy. Uh, Taron Davis-Price was drafted by them. Cool little pick, but I mean – San Fran's going to carry four or five runbacks anyway. So we've seen M- M- Mitchell banged up. So it depends if it's Jeff w- Wilson, Sermon or Davis price. That's the RB two. Once M- M- Mitchell goes down, they're going to be, you know, the next guy up. So, um, I don't know. I think it's probably Trey Sermon though. Cause you know, he's a high draft pick last year, but Jeff Wilson's been there for so many years that like, why not? You know, just keep what you know.
1: Yeah, he's... (sighs) Jeff Wilson is almost the safer bet. Um, I mean, you know what he brings to the table, right? He's going to be a goal line threat. He'll catch a few balls here and there. And it's kind of just that in-between-the-tackles battering ram. However, Trey Sermon has put on enough size that you think that he could maybe do that role, but we haven't seen it. And, I mean, we already know that he's not uh, in the good graces of the coaches for, for whatever reason it might be. So, if Elijah Mitchell goes down, I'm kind of back to that that other camp that I talked about in the previous podcast of Mitchell goes down. Is Trey Sermon really even startable? No. Is Jeff Wilson startable? Not really. Yeah, so, could be. A,
0: and, we'll, and then Jemago Hasty. Like, like. Yeah, I
1: mean, Hasty's startable. I mean,
0: are
1: we one yet? I said it'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then Kyle Yushek, of course, is gonna be used too. So yeah, right. it's it's Mitchell's team, I think. That's easy.
1: Yeah, Mitchell would after have that to fumble it's gonna be away a, the job
0: quite literally. I wouldn't draft in the last two rounds a handcuff for Mitchell unless right. we know it if you're drafting right before before this the season starts and like say Wilson and Hasty get cut or we or serving gets cut all right now you know it's wilson or or davis price so as of right now there's no handcuff for him
1: right i would at this point when you're still drafting i'd say this early it's not as early as we usually talk about this but if you're drafting this early i would take your flyers on wide receivers a second tight end if you waited super late on a tight end whatever it may be and instead hold off on your running back handcuffs until the pictures are more clear. And I'd be more than happy to spend up on fab to get my handcuff or, or whoever else it, like, say, say you wait. And Elijah Mitchell goes down week one, I'll drop uh, probably a healthy amount of my fab on Trey sermon, whether it's right or wrong or in between just to make sure that you have a guy on the team. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I would much rather not be stashing him for now, especially when you have these preseason, um, Stories that come out and and these leaks and these other injuries and I don't know I want a more fluid roster than holding three handcuffs until you know week one of my season.
0: Yeah, you're better bet late in drafts. Um, yeah. It's to take someone else's handcuff. And both right. the, if their starter goes down, not now trade you have partner. another starter. But or trade, yeah, partner. or trade, right. or trade so, yeah, or, yep, exactly, yep. So and the price is way higher after that. So um, enough with our our draft tips <laughs> <you can> away <laughs> with it, we can go to the Cardinals dows.
1: yes there Unless- Arizona You're Cardinals? On, right? Okay. Yeah. They uh pretty much improved in every aspect of the game, which is nice to see. So they went 11 six after previously going eight and eight. Uh, they were eleventh 11 points scored, which is up to uh, two spots from the season before. They went up seven spots in passing yards to be top ten. Um, they were 10th place in rushing yards as well, which is a little bit down, but only three spots down. So you'll take that to see your passing stats go up by seven. um Defense, they're pretty much equal across the board. So I don't want to belabor that point. But what's important to note is that Kyler Murray played 14 games. He got a little dinged up, but he still powered through what he threw for 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks, almost a 70% completion percentage, and almost eight yards per attempt. So he's right in all the ranges as a quarterback you want to see. And then he did you the bonus of tacking on 88 attempts, rushing the ball for 423 yards and five touchdowns without fumbling. So, Kyler Murray has done everything that he needs to do. First of all, to get paid, which he did, but to remain as a top five uh, prospect in all fantasy drafts at the quarterback position. So... I don't know. People bash him. All this Call of Duty stuff comes out, and they're, everybody's all worried, oh, Kyler's going to be bad come late October. I just, just I, To me, cross that bridge when you come to it. By late October, you should know what your team is doing anyways. If you, if you really do see a drop-off, trade him. You'll be fine. You'll get a huge return for him because you know what? Somebody else is going to view him as a top-five quarterback because he's going to be killing it for your team, and you're probably not going to want to trade him either. So put your money where your mouth is, all you people talking shit, video games are awesome. Yeah, they are.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, we saw him dip last year. He was hurt. And I mean, right, I'm much
1: more concerned about his shoulder injury causing the dip than then, I am. Some yeah, video games.
0: because those was actually that. But I mean, the video game thing was very again, I said it was interesting because so exactly interesting. the day it came out. <laughs> but um, I mean, people bash the guy like, oh, he's going he's gonna to hold up. I mean, for the next at least five years, he's a top five quarterback. Right, and if he's, you're
1: doing redraft, you only need him for one year.
0: Right, he's accurate. He can run. He can throw deep. Not going to be, you know, he's short. That's fine. But I mean, Jager Hopkins is getting older.
1: Yep.
0: Marcus Brown is there, though. They they traded for him, so they have a, a younger guy there. They got on Moore. Like he's, they're setting him up for for success after Hopkins and Adrian Green are gone, and you'll probably see him bringing a, a Another guy too, like they still haven't moved on from Andy Isabella. Not saying he's a thing, but like you know, it's a fifth, sixth what wide receiver, sure. But um, yeah, yeah I they're mean,
1: another team that I'm kind of surprised hasn't looked at like a Will Will Fuller type player,
0: especially or... with Hawkins out six weeks. I thought at least because yeah. at that point he's hurt by week six, so perfect timing. Yeah, I would have <laughs> thought
1: him or um Jarvis Landy would have got more have from... whipping in great fit there. For him. Yep. but um, instead you have just hopkins out marquise brown and Rondell moore there to fill the void sure aj green's there as well um i just think it's more of the other two more and uh and hollywood to do the majority of the work so i think if you're in a dynasty league you own either of those guys they're definitely startable for the first six weeks cross that bridge when you come to week seven and hopkins comes back he's probably going to come back like a man on a mission and probably put up some monster numbers and you just got to hope that Hollywood and Rondell Moore stay relevant, but no matter how you slice it, AJ Green saw what he played 16 games and saw 54 targets last year. Those 54, sorry, 92. Those those 92 targets are likely just going to Hollywood and Rondell. I mean, I don't see AJ Green being a huge factor in the offense, especially after week six when Hopkins is back.
0: Yeah, right. And a lot of those came when Hopkins was out and they only had oh well they had Christian Kirk there too. But again, um I'll link the tight ends too. So Zach Ertz yeah. came in in half through the season at 81 targets. They re-signed him. He got a decent deal. And again, like this is another tight end where you're talking about like the the Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, Hawkinson tier. I really want to put him up there with him because we've seen what he's done in the past. He's been a top top two tight end before, which pretty much top one because no one can surpass Kelsey. But I mean, especially with Hopkins out for the first six weeks, you have no Christian Kirk and you only bring in Hollywood. Like Zach Ertz can be a fantastic steal as a tight end, I think, this season.
1: Yeah, and people are sleeping on him because they're kind of like, oh, well, he had a couple down years. It's like, yeah, well, he was kind of split in time with Dallas Goddard, who's also a top-tier tight end with a quarterback who doesn't like to throw the ball all that much, especially in the red zone because he like, can steal those touchdowns for himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is Kyler Murray also a mobile quarterback? Sure. But he's made a lot more better business decisions. He to made the ball Dan
0: better. Arnold relevant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is, so this is exactly what you need to t- – or Max Williams too, so –
1: yeah, so, um, yeah, Zach Ertz. I think his his upside is massive this year, especially on where he's being drafted, which is close to the last few rounds.
0: Yeah, and I would probably take him before I would take Goddard, but that's probably th- their own tier, like seven, eight. Yeah, that that stage.
1: Yep. Um, ben, yeah, um, and, uh, like running backs. Too, though the the Hollywood edition, I think, is just fantastic. I, I think reuniting yeah, I mean, with this they, college quarterback that he's comfortable with.
0: Right, and they paid. They they paid a first round pick for him, so they did want him. Um, they're gonna have to re-sign him next year when his deal's up, because yep. I think they picked up the option. So yeah, first round pick. So that's massive for Kyler for a longevity for dynasty as an owner. Makes me feel very good to have him. Then yep. yeah, yeah, you can talk like about running James, backs or James Conner. Oh my gosh, <laughs> 95 percent catch percentage, thirty nine targets too.
1: Yeah, he really you. decided to show up and say, I can run the ball, I can stay healthy, I can catch the ball. And he made some really, really impressive athletic catches. So uh, really just a, a career resurgence for James Conner after several years in a row where he struggled to stay healthy and stay on the field and uh, really put anything together. This year, he only missed, well, I'd say one game that matters, and then he sat out the, the 17th. So... 200 rush attempts, 752 yards, 15 touchdowns. And like you said, he added the 39 targets, 37 catches for 375 yards. So he's got probably, and also I should say three receiving touchdowns. So 18 total touchdowns. He's probably due for some touchdown regression, especially as a back that didn't even go for a thousand yards. But there's nobody really there to take more of his role, right? So you've got Eno Benjamin still in town. They brought in Daryl Williams, and they drafted somebody. No, I made that up. They didn't draft anybody. So
0: so Jonathan Ward, right?
1: Yeah, Jonathan Ward. I knew there was a fourth guy somewhere. Son of a bitch. But yeah, none of these guys do I consider to be massive threats to James Conner. And on the flip side, they let Chase Edmonds go to Miami, who was the massive threat to his, his role. And even Chase Edmonds, who I find to be a pretty talented back in and of himself. Couldn't do enough to usurp James Conner, so you wrap all this into a nice little, tidy little ball, and you're like, well, James Conner then, in theory, should continue to have the bell cow running back duties in Arizona so long as he's healthy and on the field. Great. So why is he so far down people's boards? You look at Fantasy Pros; they have him as like RB twenty eight. It's like you got to bump him up if you really, unless you're unless we're in the business of predicting injuries. All of a sudden, he's yeah. got to be higher.
0: Um, I I had him at RB7 to start. He's at, I, I think, RB10 for me or 11, which is much higher than anyone else is going to rank him. I'm, I'm sure you're going to rank him a little higher than that, but I, I do think the touchdowns go down. The yards could go up. They should go up, yeah. especially with Chase Evans gone. Like I think with Eno you know, Benjamin and Daryl Williams, they're fine backup running backs. But Connor was a 1A and Evans was the 1B, where I think. Connor's now the one and who is the handcuff. Yeah. Um, and Daryl will, will, will definitely take um, some receiving work too, but I mean, as long as Connor stays healthy and he'll, that's a big, what if, but who not you know, injury pro now, right. There's no reason he can't be as a,
1: as a back end one. Yeah. And, and 40 targets is not a monster total either. I mean, he can easily do that again or even add to it with the, uh, Exit of Christian Kirk and Edmonds in the same year. So and Hopkins in the first six weeks. Yeah, and Hopkins for six weeks. Like, if he had forty targets in the first six weeks, I wouldn't be that surprised with Hopkins not there. So, uh, definitely, definitely something he could repeat or build on. Um, I mean, they definitely have the offense to do it. Everybody's still talking about air raid. So, we'll, we'll see what they do. All right, and heading over to the uh, the final team, the division winner, the Los Angeles Rams. The super bowl winner yep they the won cream of the crop if you will uh yeah they went 12 and 5 after going 10 and 6 the previous year they're probably poised to do the same again they have really only reloaded and gotten better they didn't lose a ton of uh i would say super important talent i mean i'd say uh, you can argue that the loss of robert woods is probably the most significant but they were happy to let him go to tennessee Sony Michel was a depth piece. We talked about him, I think, on the previous podcast, or maybe that was earlier. But I think if, yeah. I'm kind of yeah mixed up I'm with that. Kind of blending them all together. But essentially what we're said is he was a great depth guy, but he is expendable, especially if you had to pay him another contract. Uh, Odell Beckham is we're counting as off the roster. He may or may not come back. It's kind of up in the air, but he's not going to play till like November. So it doesn't really matter. And then Deshaun Jackson is a free agent and he saw like what 15 targets. So not, Not a, a huge loss. Day.
0: No, it's funny, though. Um, Deshaun Jackson left midseason last year. He asked to be cut because he wanted playing time on a bowl winning team. So he went to the Raiders and got like two targets.
1: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. He won- an and then idiot.
0: Robert Woods goes down. Oh, my God. He could have had a fucking massive. Oh, role. yeah. <laughs> could you would've imagine? Ride. He would
1: have blown his hand. I know. It's true. Or,
0: but, but he would have got a, a ring, which would help him. A lot yeah. for the
1: Hall Fame, that is true. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to cover was about. I just mean that's the team as a whole. This is still Sean McVay, fifth year in. He just hired a new offensive coordinator in Liam Cohen. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if slash how their offensive changes, or if McVay is going to still kind of be the one pulling the strings from behind the scenes. But I wouldn't anticipate much to change. Why would you change anything off our Super Bowl year? You know, mm-hmm. probably found a coach that fit your system more than the coach that was going to bring a new one in um oh what we got matthew stafford i mean he had a a career year really 400 just over 400 completions shot barely shy of five thousand yards 41 touchdowns and 17 picks the 17 picks is kind of high but most of those were kind of towards the end of the season yeah it was like the last six weeks it like yeah right for 10 or more it was bad (laughs) yeah i I think he started to force the ball but i think he kind of got I don't want to say cocky, but he was aware of what he had for talent on the team and kind of said, you know, Hey Cooper cup, will go get that. Not a big deal. He'll force it in there.
0: Well, and- you got to think too, like woods went down, Beckham came in newer kind of receiver. Let's try it out. Sure. It didn't work at first, but you know what I mean? Look what they weren't at all. So eventually yeah. they paid off, but yeah, um, a lot of those came, like he, he was quarterback for the first, like eight weeks in fantasy. He dropped significantly He and it was like quarterback nine or 10, I think. So yeah, those picks are bad at the end of the year. He didn't win you leagues last year. He got you there, but he didn't win you leagues.
1: Yeah, he definitely got you there though, which is half the battle. But um, then you had guys like Cam Akers who didn't really see the field all year. You were expecting him back this year. Uh, I know he's still dealing with some lingering issues with his, with his soft tissue injury that we're being told him and Daryl Henderson, who are going to be running backs one and two for the season. I think we just don't really know what that split's going to look like, uh, you know, from week one, whether it's 50-50 out the gate or 70-30, I think we're all leaning on the side of it being Cam Akers as the 1A and Henderson as the 1B, because I don't think any Wise coaching staff would overload Acres off the Achilles that he's still clearly uh, rehabbing from. But knowing McVeigh, anything's on the table. We saw what he did to Gurley.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I mean, like, like at that point, it's like you're a team that should be right back in there for a high playoff team. Yep. The split makes way more sense for Sean McVeigh this season. Like he doesn't give a shit about your fantasy team. Oh yeah, 100%. I I would not be surprised if it's fifty fifty to be honest. And then. You have, you know, Kyron Williams there that you drafted. Get him some work. Like, save these guys the playoffs. It's going to suffer fantasy if that's the case. But at this point, they're both lingering soft tissue in- injuries now. Like, it's mid-August, and they're yeah. they're already out of camp.
1: Right, and and like you said, it might suck for fantasy because it could be fifty-fifty split. That could be the game plan the whole way. And then it just becomes, hey, who's the hotter back in the middle of this game? And I'm going to ride him. And one week it's Cam Akers, one week it's Daryl Henderson. And nobody can really guess that until you're seeing the, the game unfold in front of you. So could be a headache for fantasy. Probably won't stop me from drafting either guy. I don't think it moves the stock uh, too, too much for me. Um, I think we, we we all assume it's going to be one of these guys. If it ends up being somebody else, maybe it's Kyron Williams. So you can hit your, uh, your dart throw. But I think the big addition that we need to talk about a little bit is Allen Robinson coming aboard with Matt Stafford and the Rams, Mm -hmm. because this is going to be by far the best quarterback of Allen Robinson's long career. So, uh, Blake Bortle, so sorry. I think Matt Stafford's better than you. Uh, Jared Goff, no, do you ever cross? No, I never cross Goff. No, uh, no, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, whoever else. Trubisky. Yeah. So, So, he's happy to link up with a legitimate NFL caliber quarterback who can theoretically get him the ball. And I mean, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson still has one of the widest catch ranges um, in the league. So I'm very, very excited to see him join up with the team. However, he's immediately limited by Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup, I don't think is going anywhere. There's no reason to think he can't repeat or come close to what he did last year, even it being a, 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 an all-time season for a wide receiver. There's nothing that indicates that he can't do it again.
0: 53 yards short of 2,000. They can just force him that ball. Right? (laughs) Come on. But, I mean, Uh, like... like, I do in Madden
1: all the time, dude. Yeah.
0: 145 receptions, 191 targets, 10, I'm sorry, 16 (laughs) touchdowns. But, I mean, we've seen Jared Goff make Cup and Woods high-end wide receivers, and that's Goff. Right. Now Stafford's here, and we saw when Woods went down, he was I think, wide receiver 14 or 15 yeah. after week six or seven or eight, whatever, <laughs> what was it, eight? Oh, nine. So he played nine games. Um, but yeah, so, so I mean, I can see Robinson being the wide receiver too. I just don't see him. I, I don't see him having two top 10 wide receivers in fantasy or two top 12s.
1: Yeah, it would be surprising to me if that happened but i don't i really don't want to rule it out i mean especially if I mean, you're going to see cam makers and daryl henderson dealing with injuries and they throw the ball a lot and run a lot of play action they i mean their overall pass totals could go up you could see matt safford throw the ball 460 times or sorry well i should say throw the ball 650 times yeah so it, it's not outside the realm of possibility is it likely? I don't know. But Odell Beckham's production is gone in, for all intents and purposes. So if you can combine Odell, Deshaun, and anybody else who caught a pass that I haven't listed here that also left. Van, oh, yeah. No, man, Yeah, I mean, or, yeah, or really just absorb Van Jefferson's um, role, targets. which could, could go by the wayside. Uh, it's possible. I, I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. I think it's more likely that you see Cooper Cup be a top three wide receiver and then Alan Robinson be top 15. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a very likely range of outcomes.
0: Yes. And then to end it with the tight ends, Tyler Higby <laughs> last round, Arthur. Why
1: not? Yeah. I mean, he has the same upside that he has every year yeah. is that he's in a fantastic offense that should score a lot of points and he is a big target in the red zone. He's on the field because he blocks well.
0: Yep, he's a good that's,
1: blocker, so that's why he's not gonna be great in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Once again. Yeah, I mean, there's there is a world that he returns to a top ten tight end caliber. Like
0: what you always say that's ten total points in the season. Like that's from like what tight <laughs> end 18 to 10 is like one right. more touchdown.
1: Exactly. It's just if you're not getting and this is how I always view it, if I'm not getting a top five tight end. I don't care if I get tight end six or tight end twenty six. Like the difference in points, I will make up with running backs and wide receivers that I draft instead of those Mm -hmm. those guys all year long. So I don't know. Tyler Higby probably not draftable for me personally, but if you take him in the last round of your draft, you're not doing yourself a disservice to do so. Like he has the same upside as if you took Noah Fant in the mid rounds. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, that's really it. Um, that wraps up all of our division previews for all of y'all shelfies at home. Um, like we said at the top, make sure you're joining our listener league drawing. We want to make sure we fill that league up before so we can give away some sweet prizes to all you guys. Kenneth Walker, Jersey, Ricky Williams, Jersey. Um, you're going to see articles coming out, sign up on the website. You'll get first looks at everything. And on some of the articles we're going to start doing, you're going to get the only look at it. And, uh, if you're not signed up, you're not going to be able to see it. So Just go ahead and sign up. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. We're not going to bug you in the emails. All you're going to get is more of our content directly to your email inbox. So um, honestly, what do we have next, Scott? We got sleepers and what else? Sleepers,
0: busts, breakouts, star throws, bounce back players. That's where it gets fun.
1: Yeah, and we'll have that for you later this week. Um, Keep your eyes on the website. We're going to have updated rankings probably the same day, Thursday, Friday, this week to get you prepped for the weekend. Uh, We know everybody's starting their drafts in in short order. So we want to make sure we have that for you. Um beyond that, we're almost ready for the season, man. We're getting close. It's right there. We're gonna start be doing to believe and not to believe before we know it. <laughs> I love
0: that segment. Well you guys did that last podcast too.
1: Yeah, I craig going that, to throw it in there and no, was like I love yeah,
0: it. Yeah was fun.
1: Yeah so uh I think that really wraps it up. shelfies as always thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Top Shelf S Stay fluid.
0: Stay loose. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.